0: Welcome to another aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. Wow, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Open your Bibles in in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and um, it's a. It's a story everybody knows really well, so I'm not going to read every verse. I'll read some, but trust me, it is in there, all right? But it's the story of the birth of Samuel, right? And it's the beginning of that story. And such a cool story. I mean, you've probably heard many messages about it. But we have these different role players, right? You have Alcana, or I don't know how you would say it down here, but... Elkanah the husband of Hannah and Penina, right so probably mistake number one two wives but anyway <laughs> let's leave it there but he seemed like a great guy right he's a worshiper of God um, he's devout he's he's trying to live righteously he's a good husband he's, he's doing all the right things but he has two wives so that's never gonna work and um, so then he's got Penina which, you know, she, she has children. So she is walking around feeling really good about herself because she's fruitful. Um, but she was not the desire of his heart. Uh, Hannah was the one that he really loved. The only problem is, Hannah was not bearing children at this point in time. So you can imagine dinners around the table, how that felt like, right? You have the... The lady with lots of children but the guy doesn't like her and then you have the lady with no children but the guy likes her so you can imagine the tension going around that table right that must have been pretty awkward um but this is kind of the setting of the story and it's in the time when eli is the head priest and hophni and phineas his sons are doing a horrible job at what they're doing well in their point of view at least they're getting fat because they're eating all the meat and you know they're, they're just taking the offering but they're a wicked priesthood that's basically it Eli was better but he didn't address the issue, so the generational problem started to kick in right so this is kind of the backdrop uh, to the story um, then we, we have the moment where Alkanah where goes up to sacrifice again at Shiloh and let's read from, from verse 4. It says, When, when the day came that Alkanah sacrificed, he would give portions of sacrificial meat to Penina, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. He's a good man. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, because he loved Hannah, but the Lord had given her no children. Verse 6. Hannah's rival provoked her bitterly to irritate and embarrass her because the Lord had left her childless. So, so you see kind of the setting. It's like the fruitful one externally, right, is persecuting the one that is going through an interesting season in the Lord. Because it says that the Lord has not blessed her with children, right? So you have Penina, which, which looks extremely fruitful in the season, if you look at externals only. If you're measuring, and we're really good, I'm from South Africa, you're, you're from here, but we have kind of the same metrics. We have a Western mindset, so we measure in a certain way. And according to the matrix, Hannah is looking like a really big failure right now. And Penina is looking like the shining star. But this blessing that she's carrying is not producing humility, but it's actually producing pride. Which so often happens in the body of Christ if we don't understand what God is doing. The blessing and the mercy of God is supposed to humble us right? The kinder he is to us, I don't know about you, but that's kind of, I hope I can remain in that posture, but I tell my wife and those around me, every, like I want to say daily, I look at my life and I go, how in the world did this happen? I'm not the right guy. Nothing about me I think is right. I would have chosen someone else, but here I'm standing in front of you, or yet I'm standing in front of this group, or in this nation, this place, it doesn't make any sense. The mercy humbles us, right? Because what does Scripture say? Psalm 149 verse 4 says that He beautifies the humble with salvation, right? He beautifies the humble with salvation. So breakthrough, salvation belongs to the humble, But the more we are blessed, we must guard ourselves, that we don't use that as a reason to exalt ourselves, to lift our heart in arrogance before the Lord, because nothing will shut the spiritual womb over your life like pride. Nothing. Mercy must humble us, and we must remember it is because of mercy that we are in this room today. That we are together, that we are alive, that we have what we have in the Lord. And it shouldn't lift us, right? But this tension is going on between these two people. Hannah is getting double portion from her husband, which is awesome. Yay. Probably a horrible example, but I like your brisket. I like your brisket. It makes me happy, all right? When I eat it, I feel life is good, right? So, double portion brisket would be awesome, right? I would enjoy that because we're a meat eating people in South Africa, right? Right? <laughs> Much like the South, I think, right? So, if you give me a double portion brisket, I'm gonna be really excited. But what I love about this story is that, listen to me, it doesn't matter how blessed you are externally, even by the people around you, you will feel unsatisfied unless you are fruitful in the kingdom, right? You can throw all the trinkets at me that you want, but if I'm not living a purposeful life in God, where the life of Jesus, the destiny of Jesus, is being performed through me, you will feel unsatisfied. And the issue is if we step into that place, we become concerned about the air conditioner and the chair and the color of the paint's of the walls and all of those things and we for because we are bored out of our minds and we're not fruitful. So possessions start releasing pride in our heart. But they are not eternal. They are fleeting. They are but for a moment. Right? Hannah is living in physical blessing yet she's completely unsatisfied because there's not fruitfulness in her life and I'm not talking about real babies I'm talking about spiritual stuff right just get that right I'm talking about us being productive in the kingdom of God producing what he wants to produce through us and sometimes and I know that feeling because I've been there we're just like oh my gosh this is so frustrating You know, it's like I'm so happy, I'm so blessed, things are awesome, but man, something inside is lacking, and that is this fruitfulness and multiplication thing. Because Genesis 1, 28, when he makes us, right, when he makes mankind, he says, let us make man in our image and likeness, the whole story, verse 28, and bless him. Let us bless man with what? With dominion, fruitfulness, and multiplication. So in the very DNA of who we are, there is this driving thing that wants to multiply in the things of God. It's normal to want that. When we don't want that, we should be really concerned. There must be this birthing thing that wants to take place inside of us. And I'm not... And here's the thing. Sometimes we, like I say, we look at stuff in a wrong way because you know, if John is moving in miracle signs and wonders and God is just breathing on him this season and it's miracle after miracle and salvation after salvation and churches are blowing up all over the place and it's awesome, yay. And then you're in a Hannah season (laughs) where the Lord has withheld something from you for a purpose because He's actually working on your character. Then we look at John and we go, oh my gosh, John is super fruitful. And we look at ourselves and we're like, Shame, woe is me, you know. But both seasons is necessary. The one is not better than the other. Both is needed. In fact, the silent I'm withholding from you and I'm pushing you into the secret place, that season, that's the one that will sustain you to the end where he goes, well done, good and faithful servant. Because He molded your character, your nature according to His. Right? right? Yeah. <laughs> and, but we compare so easily and we go, oh, okay, but Penina's looking great and I was lo- looking not so great. But God is busy with both. Yeah. And both needs to be humble. The one season is just really good at humbling you in any way. Because it's like, you know, it's like when you look at Facebook and you look at the size of other people's churches or their crusades and you're like, yeah. it's like one of our churches, let me tell you a story. So one of our churches, we show up and we're like, it's a new church, we're so excited. We felt revival broke out in this little village church where it's it's awesome because we've been there before, then it shut down, went back, now it's open again. So there's like 40 people. To us, that that is multitudes, right? So we're fired up. People are getting touched. Yay. So it's, uh, it's the day for church. We all show up. We go to the house where we're supposed to have church. And we walk in and there is not a soul. No one. No one. And then we start asking because it's village. Everybody knows where everyone is. It's, it's really, it's village, right? So we're like, where's everybody? But nobody wants to look us in the eye. That should have been a key. Nobody wants to look you in the eye. we are like, where's our people? They're like, you know anyway so it's not a big village so we drive finally we get to this house and the pastor of guy with me he's like let's go in here i think they might be here because there's a, a big commotion going on so he goes in he disappears for a couple of minutes minutes walks out he's got this grin on his face but also like you know he's kind of walking like <sighs> you know <laughs> anyway he comes to me i'm like he's like pastor i have good news i'm like yes I he says well i find our people I'm like awesome He's like, they're all here. I'm like, well, let's go. He's like, I have some more news for you. I'm like, yes, what's that? He says, they are all drunk. Not the good drunk, the bad drunk. They are all drunk. And I'm like, this is my church. I am so proud today (laughs) of what the Lord has entrusted me with. A drunk church. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace, right? That humbles you very easily. (laughs) <laughs> but He is producing something in us, right? What is that? It's perseverance in obedience despite the fruit, right? And that is important because when the fruit comes, I still want to have a willing spirit because Psalm 51 says that you sustain me with a willing spirit, right? Right? My spirit needs to be willing to carry what He entrusts to me, otherwise I'm going to mess it up. So both seasons are needed, right? Hannah goes through all of this, and her decision is prayer, which is the right decision always, always intimacy is the answer, right? Right? Remember when the disciples couldn't cast out the deaf and dumb spirit? They're like, Lord, what shall we do? And he says, well, go and fast and pray. What's the point? Intimacy, what we spoke about earlier, sitting at the feet of Jesus, being married, doing the one thing, is always the right answer. Always. Always. Right? Because the oil of breakthrough is found in the secret place. It's found in hiddenness. It's found when we pour our lives and our hearts out before the Lord. What we often do, and maybe that's a South African problem only, but what we often do is we tend to phone a friend in times when we feel like it's hard. We run to the pastor or the leader or whoever, Listen to me, Alkana is an awesome husband, but fruitfulness is not his gift. It's God's. Right? Alkana is awesome. He can give you double portions, more brisket, yay. But he cannot give you what you really need, which is breakthrough in the realm of the spirit. Right? We must find the feet of Jesus. We must find the face of God. Right? That's why Paul writes, be unceasing in prayer. I was driving in my car one day, just having a moment with the Lord, and the, Lord, the Holy Spirit just so kindly says to me, he says, Hank, you know what your problem is? He says, your internal conversation became your own voice and not mine anymore. be unceasing in prayer right turn everything to the lord that's the way of the christian life right that is the only way that we will actually live in genesis 1:28 be fruitful and multiply because that is the season of god every season is fruitful in the lord every season doesn't matter what it looks like If your heart got cut in the previous season and your character is being changed and transformed by the Word of God, man, that is fruitful. If thousands are coming to the Lord because of what's happening through your life, man, that is fruitful. If your business is exploding because of the Lord's favor on you, His anointing, praise the Lord. If the Lord pulls you back in a season because you need to work on your family and your marriage, doesn't look great on, the, on social media, but boy, that is eternal seed that you're sowing. Doesn't matter what the season is. It's not like a desert season, an oasis. It's all awesome, it's all fruitful. As long as God is involved, it's fruitful. He cannot not be fruitful, right? So Hannah is pushed into intercession, right? And I love. I love what happens, because (laughs) she's basically interceding, and the breakthrough that's going to come through her will replace the priestly order that's over her. Isn't that wild? Because Hannah goes into intercession, and who sits there? Eli. And he goes, woman, you're drunk. Remember? And she's like, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just desperate. (laughs) My church was drunk, though. That was, I'm telling you, they were not praying. I saw it with my own eyes. I smelled it, right? Just for the record, right? <laughs> She's like, woman, you're drunk. She's like, I'm not drunk. You know, I'm just crying out to God. It's crazy how what Hannah was doing in the secret place, intimacy was not recognized by the ungodly order that was over her. God will often put you in the very thing that your breakthrough will replace. Yeah? He enlightens you. Is that a good word? He enlightens oh, Sorry. That's the only word I have. I'm going to use it. He enlightens you to things around you by putting you in them. Often when we get put into something, we go, oh, surely the Lord has lost left me, (laughs) like something is wrong, but it might be that he puts you there because he wants your eyes to open up so that you know what you're fighting for, right? So Hannah intercedes in these circumstances, which I think is awesome right some of you are in circumstances and you feel why am i in this but the lord is pushing you into intercession so that that very thing will be broken through what he births out of your season yeah it's actually the mercy of god it's actually mercy Hannah's name means grace, like you know. Right? I love that about God. Who Hannah is, is the breakthrough. It's already in her. Yet, we need to contend for that so it's almost like the promise that's inside of you, the revelation, the truth that is already placed in you because of the cross, that needs to be Uh, What would be the right word? Um, Ontgen. How would I say that? Uh, Yeah, almost cultivated. Sorry. That needs to be cultivated, right, through intercession and prayer. Grace is already in her, but it must be activated because the Lord is withholding something because her nature is being strengthened. Do you hear me? It's the breakthrough is already in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's right there. But our offering to the Lord brings it to the forefront. Does it make sense? Here's what I'm trying to say. You cannot sacrifice you, yourself into anointing. You can't do that. But if you are anointed, sacrifice is what sustains it. You hear me? Because some of us think if I just sacrifice... It's like Solomon. Just just sacrifice about 7,000 bulls, and that means God's going to love me. No. You're either anointed or you're not. If you're anointed, you sustain the oil and the fire through offerings. Hannah already had grace. Samuel was already in the womb in the spirit. But through this suffering, this prayer, this sacrifice of prayer... Something is produced in her. Because here's the thing. Samuel had to be given up immediately. Yeah? Sometimes we're trusting God for something, but if, if he gives it too soon, I don't know if we'll be ready to give it up. We might think it's ours. Probably not you, but I might. But through suffering, through prayer, her heart is changing, and she goes, Lord, if you would just hear my cry... I would give this baby back to you into your service immediately, and a razor will not touch his head. So it's sanctified. (laughs) She's sanctifying the breakthrough that's about to come. She's sanctifying it unto God that it will be holy and acceptable to him and of service to the Lord and not to her own flesh. Our breakthrough must look like that must be unto him and not a penina so many children so proud hannah gets this child the thing she contended for for how long and she immediately she's willing to give it back unto the lord and because of that the prophetic movement is birthed that's wild that's wild Right? It's a wild story. Isn't that an awesome story? Yes. And then this prophetic guy replaces Eli, Hophni, and Phineas. It's wild. And then he anoints David. Like he's still a prototype to this day. Even in the New Testament, he's still a prototype. And it starts with Hannah. Hannah that has to just deal with this thing in her heart and I love it because Hannah is not this big t- pulpit person, she's not she just gave birth to a baby <laughs> some of us will just give birth to stuff and what it becomes is going be, to blow our minds I would love to get to heaven one day and start seeing remember that time you did this, well here's the fruit you never saw it but there, there's what it did I mean, did you guys? You probably know this story, but I mean, uh, what's the guy? Reese Howells. You know Reese Howells, yeah, the intercessor. One of my favorite stories. Maybe you guys have heard that. But Reese Howells, I mean, he he was part of the Welsh revival, right? Then, then, I mean, he started moving in South Africa. Thousands would come to his meetings. You you know the story, and then the Lord says to him, Reese, your ministry is going to change now. I'm going to put you in a closet and you're not going to see people for a very long time, right? Okay. So that's kind of, it's a tough one, right? Especially I have a bit of a um, a stage personality. I don't know who he was, but that would be hard. It's like, okay, that's done now. And that's tough because, oh my gosh, you're impacting thousands through your ministry, right? And then the Lord says, no, you're done. I'm going to get you a room and you're going to sit there and that's what you're going to do. And that's what he did. And to this day, they say that his intercession is probably one of the most influential things in the Second World War. Like, they would pray stuff, send it to the government, and the government would go, and they would stop attacks because the Lord would show it to them prophetically. It's a wild story, right? But Reese Howells also started a school of ministry, which is kind of, now that's where the story comes in, now it all makes sense. Reese Howells started a Bible school at this prayer thing in, I think it was Wales, right? Reese Howells is dead. About somewhere in the, I think it was the 70s, right? This young man shows up at the Bible school of Reese Howells, right? Strong German accent. And his message was, and Africa. Will be saved, and Bonky—that's the connection. And Bonky attends the school, the very thing Reese Howells gave up. God resurrects through Bonky, and 76 million people get born again because of that school that was birthed in a prayer closet. And Reese Howells never saw it. Stuff must be birthed, and we must give it up because God can surely do some wonderful things if we're willing to. Right? We have no idea what He's doing for our little lives. But we've got to go for it are we still okay can i share one more thing on the story that by the way is the connection that's why it's so bonky i didn't think about that must be birthed in prayer must and the sending out that's going to be the power it's going to multiply whatever is here and that's not just a church picture, that's a family, that's a home, that's a marriage. That's on every level. Do you understand that? It's not just that. it's the way you do marriage, the way you do children, the way you do business, the way you do everything, there's fruit on it. That's important. All right The last thing I want to share about the story that I really like is it's in there, whatever it's in there. When Hannah addresses God, she calls him something that nobody's ever called him in the whole Bible, up to this point. That's phenomenal to me. Hannah goes, let's read it and you're going to feel better. Verse 11, she says, she's praying, she made a vow saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction, suffering of your maidservant, and remember and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. A razor shall never, shall never touch his hair. The term Lord of hosts has never been used in Scripture until Hannah uses it. It's phenomenal. Right? Hannah, an ordinary woman, just wants a child. Right? She steps into a revelation of God that nobody else has ever seen of Him. Right? It's the Lord of hosts. It's the general of the armies of heaven. She calls on Him in her season of barrenness to produce breakthrough. What I like about that is we must allow God to show us Sides of him that you might be aware of, but it's not revelation to you yet. If you want to break through in the things that you need, right? It's interesting because one would think Hannah might see the God of love because she's barren I don't know. She might see just the father. She might see, I don't know which side of God, but the side that she needed to see was the warrior sword drawn, shield raised, fire in his eyes, ready to go. This is the one she needed to call upon to get breakthrough in barrenness. I want to propose to you that I feel the body of Christ is going into a season where the revelation of the Lord of hosts is the revelation that's going to carry us through, because things are pretty wild all over the place, right? And I know we had to understand God, the God of love. That is awesome. But my goodness, he is the God of war. He's a mighty warrior in our midst. That's how He reveals Himself over and over and over, right? And we need that. Psalm 46, verse 10. We love that. Be still and know that I am God. Awesome verse. The whole context of the psalm is absolute chaos on the earth. Nation rising against nation. War. Absolute chaos. And then we call on the Lord of hosts. And then we go, be still and know that I am Lord. Why? Because the Lord of War, the warrior God has stepped onto the scene and that births this prophetic move out of Hannah's womb, right? If you want to see the promises of God fulfilled, I propose that we start crying out to the Lord of hosts, right? Because He's the one that wants to break things through in this season. We need revelation. Like I said, often prophets come, prophetic people and they're like, you, you need to see God in a new way. And I'm always like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't know. Like, he's kind of the one in the Bible. What I mean with that is you need a revelation of that side of him. You might have seen it, but you need to get it by revelation. It's like the fear of the Lord was always a good concept to me until I sat in my room one day and the fear of the Lord walked into my prayer room. Then I went like, okay, I get it. This is what we need, right? I'll never forget it. I was sitting in my office in our little home, and I was praying, and the next minute, the fear of the Lord just comes in. And I am shaking and trembling, crying. I'm on the floor. I'm like, just forgive me. Stuff I didn't even do, forgive me, right? It's, it is real. It is intense when he shows up in that way. Since then, I would stand in meetings, and before I would minister, I would see him come in that way sword drawn, shield raised, and when he does, oh my goodness, people get born again. The holiness of God leads people into a place of repentance. But I had to encounter that for myself. You need to encounter something of God in this season that's going to thrust you through in the realm of the Spirit. That's going to open this womb and the Spirit over us that things will get birthed. I don't know about you, I am patient because the Lord had to teach me patience, which I dislike, but apparently it's important. Right? Stuff we fasted and prayed for took years. And then I found out that it actually did happen two years ago, but nobody told me. I'm like, that could have been nice. Right? It's like the Lord is just like, you really don't have to know anything. Thank you, Jesus, so much, (laughs) right? Some of you are sitting on words from God and those things need a new push in the realm of the Spirit. It needs the Lord of hosts to partner with you on that thing so that life can flow out of us. So that the community can be blessed, your family, your children, whatever it is. And this morning, I really want to pray for you over that, right? I want to pray that God's going to break something off of you of unfruitfulness if there is an area of that in your life, but also that he's going to show himself to you in the way you need to see him for this stuff to be birthed out of you. Some of you need to give up stuff like Reese Howells. But something will be resurrected out of it that's going to blow your mind. Ah. And it's hard giving it up because you worked so hard. I'm there. We're giving up stuff. And it's hard But he's going to breathe into it and i must believe that a samuel will be born out of the ashes yes. must right it is the will of god it is right so if you don't mind let's stand together and let's pray If I said something wrong, just blame my accent, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Ah, he's South African, what does he know? (laughs) All right, so close your eyes. I'm going to do this corporately, and then we're going to start being a little bit more specific for certain things. But I want you to, if there is, there's a specific thing that you're going, Lord, this is so hard for me. I know I'm destined for this, but it's just not opening up. I need you to bring that before the Lord now. And just say, Lord, just come and breathe on this thing afresh. So, Lord, I want to pray over people that's sitting here like Hannah's, Lord. Oh, Jesus, the biggest thing I pray is let them not believe the lie that they don't have it in them, Lord, but it's in them. It's in them. The delay is not a sign of it not happening. The delay is a sign of you birthing something huge. And you're preparing the soil. You're preparing their hearts. You're preparing us to surrender, to humble ourselves, to submit, to yield to your great purpose. So Lord, I, pray, I come against the lie that this is never happening. It's not true in Jesus' name. Your plans will prevail. Fruitfulness is part of who you are. It will happen in the name of Jesus. And I want to say this over you again. Therefore, be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. Would you put your hand on somebody next to you if you don't mind? Let's declare this over each other. Be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. In the name of Jesus, we release fruitfulness, we release multiplication. In Jesus' name, Lord, I rebuke barrenness in the name of Jesus. Thank you for what you're birthing. Help me, Lord, to be obedient, to follow, to yield, to surrender, to let go. In Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray that the seed of your kingdom would come. I pray for the oil of your presence to come, Lord. I pray for breakthrough on these things. I pray for perseverance, fire in their bones, Lord. Let them not give up in the name of Jesus. Let them break through into the words of the Lord. Give them eyes to see in the Spirit, ears to hear, an understanding heart, Lord, in this season. And Father, expand the vision. Expand the vision. And Lord, as we are looking through those windows into destiny, I pray for the spirit of grace and intercession to come a rest upon this people. Grace and intercession come in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Like Hannah, like Reese Howells, Just birth that Lord, birth that Lord, that the multitudes will come to Christ in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.